Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined from Miami by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? It's going, man. I've got a uh, 34% on my laptop battery. I don't know where the charger is currently, so we're in a race against the clock. <laughs> oh, no, that's a disaster. You're, you're going to have to find it at some point. Um, how's the weather down there? Is it, you guys have getting some of this fall weather? No. <laughs> it's, still, <laughs> it's still hot and Maybe we'll get a tropical storm. I, I don't know. It's never going to be cold again. It's over. It's it's over. It's just going to be eighty nine degrees for the rest of my life. The last year I lived in Florida, I remember it being like November and me being like so pissed. <laughs> it was like ninety five degrees. I was like, "That's it. I'm out of here." Uh, so, you the the best time the best time in Florida is the winter when it's not super humid. But it's got to happen. We're having fall here now. It was, I was like forty eight degrees this morning when I woke yeah, up. Yeah, now so. fall is a thing of the past. It's gonna be one of those things I tell my kids about when when they're old and I'm old. And you know, we used to have sub ninety degree temperature here in South Florida. <laughs> Well, let's not get political, Rob. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on. Let's get into the uh, let's get into the picks. We got Rob and I have a conference call in forty five minutes. Battery's dying, so uh, let's do some picking. Last week, boy, Rob, last week I went eleven and seven. At one point, I was nine and two, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to catch up with Rob this week." I finished eleven and seven. You went nine and nine, so. You're 54, 50, and two on the year. I'm 50, 54, and two. That's still pretty good, isn't it? I can't hear you. Are you talking? I was on mute. Sorry. Yeah. Anybody following my picks is making money. Anybody following yours is not losing their house. So that's good. Well, like I said, as we always say, this is the accountability podcast. So I'd like to compare our picks with some other podcasts, but guess what? They don't keep track. So, uh, all right, let's get right into it. Friday night, controversy uh, because of two things you love. WWE and baseball has pushed this game, Ohio State at Northwestern, to the Big Ten Network. There was some talk it was going to be on uh, Fox Business for a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, you know, the baseball playoffs are more important than Ohio State steamrolling Northwestern. Sorry. Well, what, yeah, but don't you think – don't you think the baseball playoffs should be on Big Fox or no? Yeah, what do they have going on Big Fox? They got WWE now. They won't move WWE off of it? No. Wow. Sorry, baseball, <laughs> Sorry, baseball playoffs. Okay, I, I saw the headlines on this story, and I thought they had moved WWE, and the wrestling fans were mad. No, no. They, no, they said, forget it. We got WWE on Fridays. ALCS. <laughs> You're on FS1. <laughs> Sorry, Justin Verlander. We have, you know, Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins to feature. That's right. But I mean, to be fair, Justin Verlander's never even won one WWE title. So, <laughs> just, well, uh, close friend of the podcast, Justin Verlander. What is the, what's going on with that series? I know you said you're done watching, but are the. Um, no, I'm done watching should the Yankees win, but uh, Houston is up two to one right now. Last night's okay. game got rained out. So we need Houston to make it to, especially now that's in Washington, there's a strong possibility that I will go to the World Series if Houston makes it, and then I'll have a funny story to tell about my crazy cousin and his connection to the Houston Astros. <laughs> my crazy cousin who is uh, real-life Forrest Gump. Um, so, all right, let's pick the game. Ohio State is a 28-point favorite. This one, oh, I saw it. Did you see that they tweeted out a picture? They're growing the grass high. Oh, it's nine inches. 
Was that supposedly to slow down? Yeah, I, which, which I think is is malpractice at this point. Bragging about how long they like doesn't it become a safety issue at some point? Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I, give me Ohio. Northwestern has been putrid this year, correct? Yeah, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please give me give me the Buckeyes. All right, I'm going to take the Buckeyes as well. Uh, while we're here, I know. It's- Do you remember how fired up everybody was about that running back at Northwestern before the year, Isaiah Bowser? Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. Um, and then, of course, Hunter Johnson. They're one in Northwestern is one and four. Ooh. Yeah. No, I, what's the spread? 28. Oh, yeah. Give me the Buckeyes to run this, run them out of the building, please. Yeah, despite the high grass. Now, but this, I was going to save this for topics, but we're here. It's the first game. We might as well talk about it. So this week, our boy Pat Fitzgerald has been providing us with a ton of content. Did you see what he had to say about Justin Fields this week? No. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it about like the tra- something about transferring, or he was a five? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'll play. I got to find Jake Fromm and transferred. I got the clip queued up. We recruited Justin. I mean, he he's a rock star person. I, I we were blown away with him um, out of high school, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, recruited you guys gave him too many stars. You know, it would have been great if you kept him where he was when we were recruiting him. But uh, just a stud of a guy, I, and and he's playing outstanding football. He's he's uh, doing all right. That's the main point. <laughs> so. <laughs> I want to first talk about what a rock star of a person means. I know a long time ago that used to mean like doing blow and having orgies, right? <laughs> yeah, now it means being a good player, a better person. Um, okay. I think the other definition is better. So I should note that Justin Fields uh, was ranked as a four star <laughs> going into his junior year when he had no offers. So can we put let's put that on the table by me, of course, uh, as I not to brag. But – uh, also, Pat Fitzgerald, if we go back, because I did a little searching here, I found a tweet from our good friend Darren Ravel. Pat Fitzgerald, I have no idea what a star means. That's coming from a zero-star prospect who was a two-time All-American. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, come on, Pat. You don't know what a star means. <laughs> These eventually, you know, and Pat is supposed to be one of the smart ones, right? Yeah, but he's like, you know, we're on a roll with Pat where his email address is hashtag I don't care. <laughs> uh, what else? He did something else. This is like the third time we've talked about him and played a clip. He was complaining about the transfers, right? Or yeah, something? I think so. I can't. I, I can't. Here's the, the thing that everybody was making fun of him about. His quarterback is a five-star <laughs> <laughs> uh hunter johnson. Yeah, it's hunter johnson yeah, yeah so uh it's just a little fact checking justin field was always highly ranked even before they recruited him i don't even know how much he really looked at them i don't it, it in tennessee fans would hate to hear this justin fields was like super high on tennessee for a while there and it looked like he was going to go there um but I don't. I don't know what ended up happening. I think he he ended up falling in love with Penn State and was committed there. But uh, <clears throat> Pat, I mean, if I were if I were Pat, and we're having this rough season. I'm not trying to be in the headlines all the time. So <laughs> yeah, no shit. He, he's doing it. So all right, moving on. You just cussed him off the head. <laughs> I don't think that one matters. Uh, moving on. Uh, Clemson uh, playing Louisville, going to Louisville. Uh, the the I've got the Tigers here as a 24-point favorite. The line might be moving around a little bit. This one's kind of tricky. Louisville 
showing some uh, showing a little spunk, but they did allow 59 points last week in a win to uh, <laughs> against Wake Forest. So I'm going to guess Clemson's offense is going to have a good game here. Did you see Trevor Lawrence threw an interception last week, Rob? Yeah, but I also saw people are starting to kind of come around and saying, okay, maybe he's not having the bad season we thought he was. The numbers are getting too – they're stacking so quickly that people, that narrative cannot go on. <laughs> oh, they're not saying he has six. He only had four last season. Well, I think – I mean, they're still saying he sucks compared to last year, but I, I think that it's – the tides are turning. Yeah. Well, he's uh, – let's see. Let's see how Trev is doing. He's completing 101 out of 161 attempts. I'd say that's a pretty good completion percentage. Uh, it's – it's weird. I, I did have someone say to me, go on YouTube and there's a video of the national championship game and every pass he threw was a 50-50 ball. <laughs> oh, boy. So that is uh, – it continues to be the narrative. Uh, so keep keep that in mind. Um, all right. Who you got? You got the Tigers? You got well, – I'll, I'll roll with the Tigers. I'll roll with Trevor. I wonder if uh, Lackford's going to this one. We'll see. We'll see him on – look for Lackford on the sidelines. Uh Wearing the old photographer's vest. Uh, West Virginia traveling to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 33 and a half point favorite. Uh, some people saying, oh, this is a letdown game, blah, blah, blah. I think Oklahoma laid, left some points on the board last week. Lincoln Riley's an offensive guy. I think he's going to come to look out. So I'm, I'm the, and I also think Jack Allison is starting here. So I think we could see. Oh, yeah. Rivals database. Right. right. Yeah. For, for, for those who don't know, every time you search for any player, Jack Allison comes up like. It's the first name. If you search and the player's not in the database, they serve you Jack Allison. Yeah, Jack Allison is right there waiting for you. So uh, so <laughs> he has a chance to live up to his billing. But I think this is like a 59 to 13 type game. I think Oklahoma covers here. Yeah, I don't have much faith in our database mascot. Give me the. Sooners. If it was at West Virginia, I would take West Virginia to cover. But uh, yeah, I don't know. West Virginia is actually not as bad as I thought they were going to be coming into the year, but they're not that good either. Um, Wisconsin traveling to Illinois. Wisconsin a thirty-one point favorite. I like Wisconsin, but I also think they have a tendency to kind of mess around. We saw against Northwestern, they kind of let them hang around. So 31's too big of a number for me. I think Illinois is bad, but I don't think they're that bad. They got some. They actually have some really good uh, players that all transferred from USC, including uh, Josh Amator-Bebe, who's having a great year at receiver. So I think Illinois has got some athletes. I think they cover 31 at home. Uh, no, I'm taking the Badgers. I Jonathan Taylor's too much. Illinois is terrible, as you noted. I I just I see this getting real ugly real quick. Yeah, Illinois is bad, but like I said, I don't know. I don't know. Give me keep an eye on my boy Amator Bebe put, putting up some numbers. Um, Florida traveling to South Carolina. For some reason I thought this game was at Georgia. I guess I'm I'm wrong. Uh, Florida and South Carolina playing at Georgia. At Florida after, because I was listening. That would be good if it was at Georgia. Did you, did you see there was some controversy after South Carolina pulled some branches off of the hedges? My question, I saw the spread for this and I can't remember the exact number, but I remember thinking it was very low. It's Florida, a five-point favorite. This is a fishy situation. Isn't yeah. it? Which makes you kind of wonder, you know, should you take South Carolina? They say Holinsky's healthy. He's been good, uh, which we, I think you and I kind of predicted. I Everything in my gut tells me Florida covers that number. 
But the fishy line, I'm going to just do something against what I usually do and just I'm going to take South Carolina because the line is fishy. Yeah, I think so too. I think this one could be an ugly game. Clearly, South Carolina's defense is awesome. They've got a lot of NFL players there. And actually, they got a lot of good young DBs. I'm surprised to see having the type of impact that they have guys that were our freshmen or redshirt freshmen. So I'm going to take South Carolina too. Um, You know, last week, Last week, I was talking about how I liked South Carolina if the carry-on joiner would start. He didn't end up starting. He got he ended up coming in anyway, and he didn't play that well. But I, I think it's I think there's a little more depth there than people realize. And I'm going to pick a – I still think Florida wins. I think it's close. Um, Auburn traveling to Arkansas. Auburn, a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Arkansas, Tigers. Yeah, Arkansas really struggling. They lost to Kentucky last week playing a wide receiver at quarterback. <laughs> It's it's a mess, man. Like it's and you know while we're here, I would like to do the we'll do it on a different podcast because we're running out of time. I would like to do the mess rankings of programs that seem to be a long term mess, and I think they're pretty high up yeah. there. I think I would put them at two behind the Vols. Well, I think yeah, and we we were banting about all types of stuff from uh, that the media there is writing. It seems to be some type of disconnect between. The fan base, the media, and the team are all fighting with each other. Is that what is that what you took from all those text messages we were exchanging? Yeah, something like that. I, I, I don't know. There's some weird stories coming out of that beat right now. So I think Gus Malzahn, who's from Arkansas, I think he likes to go there and, and light him up. And I think he's going to take it to him. I think this is a James Franklin-esque, let's keep scoring. Uh, sorry, Chad Morris type game. Uh, Purdue traveling to Iowa. Now, this one is interesting. Purdue uh, played very well last week. I went and beat Maryland. Iowa's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. I know Purdue's got a ton of injuries, but I don't trust – Is Rundle Moore ever coming back? Like They won't rule him out for the season, but you just never even hear an update on him. He's just done. Well, Lockford seems to say he's coming back at some point. He did He did tear his hamstring. So, But I, I personally don't think it matters. I think – Purdue's got enough speed to keep it. Iowa's not blowing anybody out. I'm sorry. I've, if you've watched, I, I've watched way too much Iowa football the last. Yeah, you, you've been watching a lot of Iowa. Like I've been watching a lot of. Two right. I, I'm sorry. I keep hitting my phone. I wish I wasn't uh, watching Iowa, but I'll probably end up watching this game too. So, give me Purdue plus seventeen and a half. I just don't see Iowa covering that. Uh, I'll take I'll take the Hawkeyes here. I think there's I th- I just don't see Purdue finding a way to score that many points here. Yeah, keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on Milton Wright, uh, one of the old Womack system guys. Let's see how he 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 had a big touchdown last week. Uh, LSU traveling to Mississippi State. Now this is the trendy pick. Oh, Mississippi State. No. <laughs> That's a bad team. Exactly. Man. They are now I noticed that they are finally ending the Tommy Stevens experiment is over. They named <laughs> Tommy, God. Last week, I mean, if you could have heard there are a few players. I wish I, I wish we could do like a top ten players that we hate to watch list. And it would be a close to, uh, Tommy Stevens and Travis Dye, Oregon's like third string running back, would be definitely near my top. Two, uh, it would be a close battle. Probably die takes the edge there, but I'm sure Tommy Stevens is a nice guy, and he's probably comes from a great family and is like you know a stand up dude. But he threw some of the worst passes I've ever seen in a college football game against Tennessee. I right, mean, we, he was bouncing passes, unpressured, like 
five or ten yards in front of wide receivers. Uh, we both happened to be watching this game. Uh, it, it was bad. And then and they didn't pull him until halftime. And then they put the other kid in, and then he starts out one for seven. And I'm screaming. Their third-string quarterback, I guess, is uh, Keaton Thompson, who was like a top 50 recruit, I think. I don't know what he did to Joe Moorhead to not <laughs> be an option at quarterback, but he's – I have a prediction that he will finally play this game. LSU is going to kill Mississippi State, and <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I, this might be the rocket of, of the century. Right. Of the week. I'm starting to feel exactly, and I, I'm not, you know, all, all these other podcasts. It's clear sometimes when I listen in to, to other people talk about college football that they didn't. Nobody watched that game like we did last week, so they're like, "Oh, this is a letdown for LSU." No, it's not. LSU is awesome, and. <laughs> Mississippi State is not this year. That, and I wonder, I'm starting to, I'm not going to try to be hot seat guy, but I just wonder about the fit between Gerald Moorhead uh, and Mississippi State. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. What's right. the line on this again? It's 18 and a half. Oh yeah, no. Uh, this is a this is a thirty point blowout. Yeah, I agree. Uh, or- Oregon traveling to Washington, probably one of the games of the week. Uh, the Ducks a three point favorite. They to- <laughs> so last week, once again. I went on and on about how fishy it was about the line and yada, yada, yada. And then Oregon just dominates Colorado. Their defense is amazing. Uh, they did lose their top pass catcher, their tight end out for the season. Um, the Ducks are three-point favorites on the road. I think uh, they go up there. It's supposed to rain also. So it could be one of those those uh, slugfest type games. But give me Oregon. I think they go up there and win. I think... Jacob Eason is a guy who puts up good numbers against bad teams, and Oregon's defense might kind of have their way with him. Jacob Eason is a good player. He doesn't have a lot around him. You get the sense that they're kind of building for next year with him. This will be a game where he has to take a step forward, I think, uh, because he's been fine. He just hasn't been great like some people expected him to be yet. And I think that's to be expected. He's still young. I think the stage is too big for him. I think Oregon's defense is too good for them. He just doesn't have the weapons. I think Oregon wins this by a touchdown or two. Yeah, he, he has had some really good games, but he also had some really bad games. So I, I just think that when he faces uh, – Oregon's defense, count me as a believer. Last week they just dominated Colorado. and I expect them to win. I didn't expect them to hold Colorado at three points. Um, all right, Temple traveling to SMU. This was a game – that I was wondering, oh, do we get some college game day buzz? But no, no such dice for the old uh, Mustangs. They are 6-0. and They're the number 19 team in the country, and they're a 7.5 point favorite. Oops. Um, transfer Portal U, SMU, <laughs> the 31 transfers on their team. I don't know. I, I kind of keep going back and forth. I'm going to take Temple just because I like their defense, even though I like SMU. The, the SMU is a 7.5 point favorite. I feel like that's a big number, so give me Temple. I am also taking Temple. Uh, I think – I just think Temple's been tested a little bit more than SMU on a week-to-week basis. Um, uh, yeah, give me the owls. All right. Uh, Minnesota traveling to Rutgers. No line listed. I'm going to have to go to <laughs> – Yeah. Why – who's – Minnesota's ranked? Minnesota's undefeated, Rob. Where you been? They're the number 20 team in the country. 6-0. and <laughs> And I think they're going to be 8-0 based on their schedule. Uh, how, if you had to guess the line, what would you say? 13 and a half. 28 and a half point favorites, the Gophers. Nah, give me the Scarlet Knights. I'm also actually going to take Rutgers just because it's a road game. Uh, 
there's they'll easily win, but twenty eight and a half is a lot for for Minnesota. I know they've been kind of blowing teams out, but when we look at Minnesota's schedule, Minnesota, I guess, is what Nebraska was supposed to be, huh? I guess I, I don't know how this has gone. So how I you know people everybody has blind spots. Minnesota is my blind spot. I have not seen them play a second this. Okay, week. so they play Rutgers, then they are home for Maryland. Okay, so that could be eight no, and then they they finish with Penn State and Iowa back to back. Then they have Northwestern, and then they have Wisconsin. So they could lose three of the last four, but they. Could- so hold on, what's the best win right? Well, their now? best win is probably uh, Fresno State thirty eight thirty five. Look at these games. San, they beat South Dakota State by seven. <laughs> they beat they beat Fresno State by three. They beat Georgia Southern by three. They beat Purdue by seven, and then they blew out Illinois and Nebraska back to back. No, yeah, give me they're definitely a fake good team. But guess what? Who cares? Your record is what. You- no, I mean, you can only win the games on your schedule. There's no doubt about it. I just did not know they had won all the games on their schedule until right <laughs> all now. All right, uh, Tulsa traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati a 17-point favorite. Um, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Tulsa's got a good offense, but uh, I'm going to roll with that Cincinnati defense. they got a great home environment there. And uh, yeah, give me the old natty. They do have a great home environment. Hey, and they were the Rob Cassidy lock of the century of the week last week, and they came through. <laughs> Boy, you were sweating it there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't come through until the end, but they came through. But yeah, I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride. I texted cast. you that once Dana Holgerson's son might be playing quarterback. And he was. So for those of you who don't know, like a lot of these college football coaches will ask us to get their sons into camps so they can come watch them play, or they can watch their kids and they can watch the other kids at the camp. And a couple of years ago at the South Carolina, at the Charlotte camp, we had Brent Venables watching his son. We had we had Will Muschamp watching his son, and we had Dana Holgerson there watching his son. And I was like, I assumed I was doing a favor for somebody, although you know the kids did have some offers. Um, <laughs> but I was shocked when I saw that he might have to play quarterback for them, uh, and he came <laughs> in and did not do well. One of these days, we should do the all the all rivals camp people we've had to do favors for. And I can tell the story about when Tracy McGrady cold called me to, <laughs> to ask me to get his name. Hey, hey, Rob. It, well, excuse me. How did you get my number? The Tracy best thing McGrady? is when like a famous person calls you and they just act like it's a. They're like, "Hey, Rob, it's Tracy McGrady," and you're like, "Oh, what's up, Tracy?" <laughs> Okay, what do you want, Tracy McGrady? They don't ex- I got my nephew. Well, they don't explain anything. They don't say, "Hey, Rob." Uh, you know, this is. I got your number from so and so. This is Tracy no. McGrady. Do me a favor. It's not even like a. It's not even an ask. It's more like a. Okay, this is what I need type situation, and 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 you know when they call you, it's not you know you're not hearing from an assistant or something like that. It's like yo, this is Tracy. What's up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I parlayed Michael Vick to coming in the podcast, but when he called me, hey Woody, it's it's Mike Vick. Uh, hey Mike, what's up? Hey, uh, I'm having a camp. Like, just like we don't know each other. Like, we've never met in real life. And do this favor for me now. And you know, usually I do it, or you know, because you know, down the road, you can, these these relationships. Can no, they can't. Off. I remember one time Brian Dawkins called me, and he like lives in Colorado or something. He's like, "Hey, Woody, man, I heard you're the guy." I said, "Okay, what's up, Brian? Oh man, my son. <laughs> it's immediately I need to get my son into the Northern California." 
the, the, the best one is the guy from the oh, Donkey Billy Kong. Mitchell. No, no. That, that's the winner, right? Yeah, Billy. If you have <laughs> seen King of Kong, uh, the documentary, if you haven't seen it, go watch it immediately. If he, he showed up. So I met him at a the, the Dolphin 7-on-7 down in uh, when I was helping out with Florida before you moved out there. I ran into him in the parking lot. I was like, oh, Billy Mitchell, what's up, man? And I took a picture. We talked for a little bit. Cut to, uh, I don't know, a year later. <laughs> At the Rivals Camp in Orlando. And this is when we had, remember, we had a no walk up policy that year. And, uh, yep. They were like, hey, Woody, some guy's asking for you at the gate. Of course, which is like the sign of death <laughs> at these camps. Uh, I go up there, and who is it? But Billy Mitchell. Hey, Woody, we can't, he drove. <laughs> Donkey Kong champion, Billy Mitchell. Yeah, he drove up with his son. Didn't with no like no invite, no nothing. Hey, I was hoping you get my son into the camp. I said, you know, for the King of Kong, I'll do anything. Of course, the right got on the field pass, did a little photo shoot. So, uh, so big shout to Billy, who's who, by the way, has locked his Twitter account. I don't know. (laughs) I think there's some more drama, Donkey Kong drama. I saw a headline. We got to move through this though because we got to. Conference How have we not had minutes. a follow up to that movie? By the way, uh, all right. Maybe we will. Moving see. on, uh, boy, we've got a lot of like Group of Five teams ranked, don't we? Uh, UL Monroe uh, traveling to App State. App State, a fifteen point favorite. Uh, ULM, of course, played uh, Florida State very tough in a game we saw, but I don't think they're ready. To- App State's kind of good, yeah. No, I'm taking. Give me, give yeah, me the they're, fighting. They're fifteen here. point favorites, and if it's cold, if it's in the forties here, App State is north of here and in the mountains, and I think ULM is going to be freezing the Tukuses off uh, up there in the the lovely mountains. So yeah, I'm going to take App State. Now this is a game I'm very intrigued in. Baylor, uh, who I've been ranting about on and on, traveling to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, a four point favorite in the line I'm seeing here. Uh, Baylor is six and zero. Now, of course, not as good as Iowa State, the team that they beat earlier <laughs> earlier this season. Per everyone, college football media. I actually am going to pick Oklahoma State. Baylor's kind of had some close calls. Uh, I think this is the game they finally get tripped up. Oklahoma State coming off a bye. I think they win and cover that four points. I am taking the Bears. I have always been a Matt Rule truther. I once had Texas fans almost run me off of Twitter for saying that I thought Matt Rule was the coach that everybody thought Tom Herman was. Uh, I think they've got some talent there. I think the Matt Rule offensive system is proven, and I don't think Spencer Sanders is as good as everybody thinks he is. Uh, he plays in a very nice, high-powered offense, but I think Baylor can score enough points here to hang in this game. All right, uh, Chubba Hubbard, by the way, uh, has 1,094 yards in six games. <laughs> he's on his way. He's set for – he's on the trajectory for 2,000 yards rushing. So um, – Missouri playing Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is by far one of the worst, worst teams in the country. I don't know what happened. My theory is, my theory with him is that he has taken too many transfers there. They kind of punted on recruiting, and transfers are transfers for a reason. As I often tell people, I think they they might have messed up here. So, Missouri's a twenty one point favorite. Uh, a lot of Tennessee guys coming home to play against Vanderbilt. Give me uh, Kelly Bryant and company to cover that 21-point spread. Yeah, I'm with you here. I don't think that takes anything I can say that you haven't already said. It's kind of a disaster down there. And Missouri looks great, don't they? uh, I'll take it. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, Vanderbilt has a new AD. 
And I'm curious, do we think, I, I had someone uh, in Nashville who's well-connected tell me that Mason may look to leave on his own, let alone be fired. So that would be an interesting job if it came open. Yeah, I mean, where we think uh, he's maybe to, go to like the NFL to be a defensive coordinator or something. Um, uh, so no, I don't fair. know. New AD, you know, the, the AD there was a legend. He loved Mason. This is it's kind of like when your favorite team hires a new GM. You know, <laughs> the coach stays and it's not his guy. So that's a situation to monitor if they keep losing like they are. Uh, Kentucky traveling to Georgia. Georgia, a twenty-five point favorite. Uh, I think this is a get-right game for the old dogs. Uh, Kentucky is starting a wide receiver <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> I can't stop laughing every time I mention that. I just—it's insane. Lynn Bowden is an amazing player, but uh, Georgia is going to have all week to scheme for that. And and Kentucky had to pull out all the stops to beat Arkansas. So so give me the dogs minus the twenty-five. Yeah, no, I agree with you here. It's. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a trendy pick to go the other way and take Kentucky. But after what happened last weekend, you just feel like Kirby's going to want to run the score up. So so Lynn Bowden has a chance. Now, if he keeps playing quarterback the rest of the way, I really think he has a chance to lead the team in receiving, rushing, and passing on the season. Okay. I wonder when the last time he that's has 117 was. yards passing. He's only started one game. Okay. So he's got a, the, the team leader has 665. Okay. So even if he averages 100 a game, he's going to pass that. Uh, he has 295 yards rushing. Okay. So the leader has 420. I think he can easily pass that. And he has 348 yards receiving. So he's got 100. Uh, he's got 100 yard advantage there. I could see it. I know he's going to have to catch a few more passes, maybe on some trick plays, but. Uh, we got to watch that one. What he's doing is amazing. He's a one-man wrecking crew, and I think he's going to be a high NFL draft pick if he keeps uh, doing what he's doing. All right, next. Uh, plus, Kentucky is part of the Australian Punter Coalition, uh, which apparently has 30 Yeah, members. I was going to say, you you listed like five schools, and I was like, Rob, there's like 50. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I couldn't think of them off the top of my head, and people you definitely – forgot our boy, my, my family member, Kirk Christodoulou, who is the punter for Pitt. Uh yeah, I got him. So the list that I ended up with last night was FAU, Kentucky, UConn, Iowa, USC, Texas, Pitt, Colorado, South Alabama, Miami, A&M, Utah, Oklahoma State, all Australia. Yeah, I think you punters. forgot. I think Oregon has one too. Uh, I know the fans didn't tweet at you, but I'm pretty sure they went to a lot. A lot of Greek, a lot of Greek Australians too, making it out. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's you know I know why they're here. It's that that punting academy that they have. I forget the name of it right now, but it is it's just crazy. The table. and there's kickers too. I think Colorado's kicker is uh, is uh, their place kicker is Australian. Um, all right, we got a few more games. Arizona State traveling to Utah, a game that is for some reason on Pac-12 Network, despite it being like one of the marquee games of the entire slate. No one's going to be able to watch it. Utah is a 14 point favorite. That's a big number, isn't it? It is, and I like the Sun Devils. I, I, there's like, did you watch the thing? The I forget the name of it, but they do the behind the scenes with the team each week. They did Tennessee a while ago, like last week, and they did Arizona State last night. Oh, on uh, you're talking about on uh, HBO? Yeah, yeah, twenty four seven. I haven't watched it. No, 
I saw part of it. Herm's a little bit more involved in that program than he likes to let on, I think. Like he says he's a CEO and hands off, which is clearly not the case after watching that. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. People don't want to give this dude credit. They have more talent than I think people think. Jaden Daniels is a fine player. I, I think Arizona State's going to win this game by a lot, actually. Uh, you think they're going to win outright? Yeah, outright. Wow. Okay, let's see if you put your money where your mouth is when it comes to that pick. I'm going to pick Arizona State. I don't think they win outright, but I think this could be a slugfest uh, defensive battle. I worry about Arizona State's offensive line, but I went on uh, I went on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast with our friend uh, George Reister on Sunday uh, to talk about it, and I, I, I you know, went on and on about Jaden Daniels. So if you want to hear me loving up uh, the quarterback, I really think he's like a future NFL guy and he's going to be a guy that's going to have them in the mix for the Pac-12 title. So uh, in the future, I like Arizona State to cover, but I like Utah to win. Uh, Kansas traveling to Texas. Texas, a 21-point favorite at home against the old uh, Jayhawks. I guess the Puka Williams factor coming into play. I feel like that number is low. I know Texas has got a lot of injuries. Uh, You can get a ticket to this game for $4. Yeah, boy. Give me the Jays. I think they can keep this closer than that. Um, it seems like they always kind of put a scare into somebody every year. And I don't know if you count the Oklahoma game as that. They put a scare into Oklahoma in the first half. Uh, but, you know, I'll ride with less here. I think you can keep this game closer than that. Score. All right, I'm going to take Texas just because I think they're going to look to bounce back. I think there might be a little hangover, but uh, I think they pull away with the uh, best player ever, Sam Ellinger. Um, all right. The game of the week, college game day going there. Michigan traveling to Penn State. Penn State, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that number keeps going up, too, I've seen. this is The over-under of this game is 47. This game could easily be 17-6 to six or something. I'm going to take Michigan, shockingly, a stupid pick by me. Uh, but I just think the game's going to be so close that I don't see either team uh, really, really blowing it out. But I do think I could see Penn State's D-line really getting after uh, our boy Shea Patterson. You know I'm taking Penn State. I don't need to rehash the Shea things. Penn State has got all these running backs, and they continue to insist on playing all of them, even though Noah Kane clearly looks like the best one of the bunch by far. And I understand wanting to keep everybody happy and not wanting these guys to transfer out, but I mean they've got four running backs on the depth chart, all listed as or. They all get significant carries, but Kane leads the pack by like 150 yards. And it probably it doesn't have the most carries in the bunch. So I don't I, I look for them to give Noah more carries this week and and blow Michigan out. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Noah Kane is clearly the guy. They have Devin Ford who did was he a- And they just won't do it though. Like they won't pull the trigger and give him the bulk of the carries, even though every time he touches the ball, he gashes whoever they're playing. I was trying to remember if Devin it's if weird. Devin Ford was a five star. He he might have been and we dropped him. I think that I think let me look at the he was at a time because you remember for a time we had him ranked in front of Trey Sanders and then that got – Oh, yeah. So he was definitely a five-star at one point. He was a five-star for a long time. We didn't drop him until uh, January. He was at one point the number nine player in the country. Uh, and I do remember there being – he's supposed to be an all-purpose guy, but I don't know. I'm with you. Give me a, give me more – feed Noah Kane. He's a beast and he's going to be – he's their next guy for them. So uh, – all right, uh, Tennessee traveling to Alabama. Jeremy Pruitt, you know, did a thing where he said a thing again this week. <laughs> did you? Did you? Yeah, where they shouldn't punt or something. I saw that my good friend David Ubin at the Athletic had written a story where he talked to the Arkansas coach that Pruitt referenced, and the Arkansas coach, the high school coach in Arkansas, was like, "Yeah, no, they definitely should." And here's the analytic reasons behind that. I actually, and it actually kind of makes. Yeah, sense. I would like to see a team try it. Um, 
But of course, if he, I mean, either way, you assume they're going to get blown out. But if he did that and they got blown out, it would just be, you know, the old football. Plus, Jeremy Pruitt is like Mr. All About Ball, old school guy. So I could. Yeah, he's not going to listen to the analytics. But I'm going to take Alabama. I'm going to take Tennessee here just because we've noted before. Saban doesn't really like to blow his old assistants out. He kind of calls the dogs off. And I can see that. Yeah, they're 34. We got the number at 34 and a half. I'm going to take Alabama. I know I agree with you. I mean, that's definitely been a thing for me. And, and Pruitt even said at the beginning of the week that he took it easy on us. But I, I, I think Alabama really needs to establish their running game because it's kind of been inconsistent. They've just been so so pass heavy. Najee Harris has 451 yards rushing. He's their leading rusher. But I could see them being like, look, this is going to be a feed Najee and Brian Robinson game. We're going to pound it and, and kind of blow them out. So um, last but not least, <laughs> BYU. They're hosting Boise State, and Boise's a seven-point uh, uh, favorite. Uh, Hank Bachmar got hurt last week. The backup came in and played well. BYU's had all sorts of quarterback injuries themselves. This is once again, if, if BYU is a gambler's nightmare. Uh, there has never been a harder team to sign. No, this is for sure super weird. Uh, I'm going to take uh, BYU. <laughs> I don't want to. I, if, there are times where they look just awful. And I understand that Boise State's in the running to – be the you know the group of five represent maybe the best group of five team and be the the guy in the New Year's Six Bowls or whatever. I, I, give me give give me the Broncos. I I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm gonna lose for sure. But yeah, give me the Broncos here, and I'm sure BYU will win by fifty. All right, those are the picks. We have a, just a few more minutes, so let's let's run through some. Uh, I had a few topics. What did, I, what did I have on the old topic sheet? I had Pat Fitzgerald. We talked about. We had the Purdue. Players and or students and not, not being able to bet on Purdue. Did you see that? You, yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw that. Which is, I made a tweet about how you know there's going to be a bunch of frat guys huddled in a basement on campus around a fireplace with a VPN texting their bookies. <laughs> Nobody can track their text messages. How do they plan on enforcing? Well, I think that? it's because it's legal. Uh, sports betting is legal in Indiana now. I believe. Well, I understand, but what are they going to camp out at the <laughs> demand they show student IDs camping out? At Do you the remember seal? when uh, we were in college and if you lived in like student housing, like if you were using like LimeWire or something, like people would get busted? Do you remember that? No, I never lived in student housing. Though. I moved right into the. Future. Oh, it wasn't, but it, it wasn't on campus. That wasn't a thing. No, it was off campus. It was like a walk off. So at, at UCF. They were on you, and even my my buddy Ray got busted and had to pay a fine to the FBI, like two hundred fifty dollars, downloading what? movies. Yeah. Um, so, would they come knock on his door, or did they just email him? I can't remember. I, I can't remember what happened. I, I just remember him him getting busted by the FBI, and now he works. Actually, he works on Mister Robot. He works in the old uh, media industry. I don't just hear what he hears about people bootlegging stuff. <laughs> Boy, you want to talk about Big Brother? Watching. Yeah, so it was like if you were downloading stuff into your into your thing, they they, they were busting people. They give you like a couple warnings too, and before you got the old fine, so Ray pushed the envelope. But uh, I'm sure that if they were doing that in 2008, who knows what's going on now in terms of the tracking? Yeah, no um, All right, let's roll through some of these tweets of the week. 
Larry Williams from our uh, from our uh, Clemson site had this tweet. Kirby Smart was asked this at his post game press conference. A lot of people on Twitter are talking about Jake Fromm's performance. What would you say to those people? Do you want to rant about that real quick and how stupid of a question that is? I mean, it's – I mean, I'm going to assume it was a student reporter that really didn't know what he was doing. I mean, what people are saying on Twitter is not a story because if it was, who knows what kind of things said by green eggs you'd have to, you'd have to report about. I don't I, – I don't really want to give – I don't really want to go in too hard on this reporter because I'm going to assume it's, it's a student journalist. Well, so the point is if you think Jake Fromm played bad, say, hey, coach, you know, Seemed like Jake had a bad game. What do you think? Don't use the crutch of a lot of people. People are saying a lot right, of people. Which, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know who talks yes, like that. Yes, I do. Uh, your president uh, Donald Trump often say a lot of people. I used to, I used to say it a lot. You remember? I would say, you know, a lot of people say Woody. You can't do it. <laughs> but of course, nobody says it. So I thought that was interesting uh, from Larry. Uh, I also had. Uh, uh, some talk about Ed Orgeron being a bad hire, even though he's uh, he's uh, thirty eight and eleven. As a people head- really want to make him out to be a bad, I think it's because of the book. I think it's because of Meat Market. People just refuse to believe that he is good at coaching football. So, so this one I found interesting. He's lost eleven games as head coach. Ten of those losses were to top twenty opponents. So, I actually thought going into last year, I was on the the. the uh, the bad hire, the bad hire. I just think it, I just thought it wasn't going to work out, and he was going to get fired. Um, and then they had a great season last year, and obviously they're amazing this year. So uh, Stephen Godfrey tweeted, "Worst hire ever," per almost everyone in the media, if I recall, which I found anyone mocking people for saying "per," I think is funny. Um, we had Mark D'Antonio saying that there was a dumbass question. Did you hear that one? No. Let's play that. It's like it's a quick click. Quick, quick, and it's edited. So, teams this year lost all three, only scored 17 points. Seven games in, was it a mistake to not bring in new offensive staff? And if not, so how do you fix it? Well, I don't think you talk, I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, quite honestly. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it was. I think it was actually a good question. That was like the opposite of a lot of people are saying. That was a pointed and direct question. Um, yeah, no, fine right, question. So yeah, uh, we don't have time to talk about it. Also, we had the old Justin Murphy, the Houston grad transfer, who had this long thread uh, where he <laughs> about how Holgerson was asking people to to, to redshirt yeah, that one. And I mean. You know, here's yeah. – and I and he, he goes into talking about a lot about his uh, injury he's been through. He's had, guys had a ton of injuries, right? Um, my issue with him was UCLA peti- petitioned for him to get a sixth year of eligibility, and when he did, then he transferred, <laughs> which was hilarious at the time. So I feel bad for Justin and some of the stuff. He makes some good points here. But uh, come on, dude. You – you know, you reap what you sow here. You you sought out Houston to go there. So, uh, you know, them's the breaks. The most important thing uh, – hold on, let me find – let me find the most important thing. In this tweet thread, he's going on and on. Uh, Monday I learned that the head coach of the Houston Cougars football team had personally contacted several seniors and asked them if they would redshirt in order to develop and come back in 2020. 
all seniors, which greatly contributed to the little success we had done up to that point. Two of the seniors would go on to accept this invitation, including the preseason Heisman Dark Horse QB. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Justin Murphy, for touching on Dark Horse Heisman, Derek King, and including it in your rant. We really that was yeah, it was nice to get to work him in. Cal must have a bye week this week in their dominant Ah, uh, yes, I think so. They're they're uh, I think they have the week off. And then we had this tweet, one of these viral tweets that we see um, all the time. But this one really caught my eye. Guys, I just seen this girl crying outside my local mall. I asked her what's wrong. She said she lost two hundred dollars. So I gave her forty dollars from the two hundred I picked up at the entrance. <laughs> When God blesses you, you must bless others. Spread love. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, three hundred and three thousand likes on that one. So, you know, it's no if airplane tickets were free, you'd never see me. That's but pretty it's pretty funny joke. So that wraps it up for us. Uh, please tell a friend. Like I said, we are the people's we're podcast of the people, the accountability podcast, uh, and. Yeah, we'll have a better episode next week when we have time and we don't have to get on a conference call. Yeah, and I don't have to go pee really bad. So that wraps it up for us. Uh, Rob and I, we, maybe me and Dave will do a Sunday show this week. Like I said, I had to do another podcast, so I wasn't going to do both. So hopefully we'll be back on Sunday. If not, uh, Rob and I will talk to you next week. M. Deuce, uh, the meme king, per his Facebook. Play us out.